Hi everyone, I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway. In this podcast, we discuss things related to musical theaters and plays. In today's episode, <laughs> we will be talking about kinky boots. All right. We have a lot of history to cover with this one. So I guess I'll start with the synopsis, as we usually do. Mm-hmm. But Kinky Boots follows Charlie, a new owner of a failing shoe factory, who teams up with Lola, a drag queen, to create a new line of shoes for drag queens in order to save his factory and its workers. So a pretty simple, simplified as well summary. And do you want to go into the history portion? Because it's kind of massive, I'd have to say. Sure. Um, so the musical itself debuted in 2012 in Chicago, and then it got transferred to Broadway in 2013. So initially it had a little bit of a disappointing reviews, um, kind of like positive, but mixed, so not like glowing, let's say. and Despite that, it did very well at the box office. So people clearly really liked it. And then come Tony seasons, it got nominated for 12 or 13, 13, I think, awards. And it got six wins, including Best Musical of the Year and Best Score. And just to say, the this Tony season was the same season where Matilda debuted. And it won Best Musical over Matilda. So that was a big thing because people did not see that coming at all. So that was really interesting. The show itself was written by Harvey Firestein and the music was written by Cindy Lauper. And her win in 2013 for Best Score marked the first time a woman won in that category alone, which is absolutely cuckoo bananas, in my opinion, in 2013. Um, But anyway, the show got even more successful at the box office after, you know, winning all these Tony Awards. And it had a U.S. tour starting in 2014. And then the U.S. tour finished after five years in 2019. So that's also like a massively successful tour, no doubt. It also premiered in several other countries, such as the UK, obviously, Canada, Australia, Korea, Japan, Philippines, Poland, Germany, Spain, and Denmark. And I don't know if you include it in the list, but there was a, a version of the show in Norway, but it was on a cruise ship. So what? I don't know. If it, yeah. <laughs> you know how you have like these traveling cruises and huh? sometimes they have like big events in those cruises so I think the most frequent one that I've seen is like meet and greets with several celebrities or like people of a certain like um movie cast or something along those lines like Disney even themed cruises so I think this must have been some kind of like kinky boots themed cruise or maybe just a gigantic enough cruise that it can include like actual shows in it which sounds fascinating and I'd love to go one day but um that happened in Norway um and that's not something I've ever seen before (laughs) so there's that have you been to Norway no I'd love to though yeah it it did go to Denmark which you definitely have been to so uh that's why I'm asking but the musical by the way also debuted number one in the billboard charts for album cast recordings it also wow. made it to the top 200 with one of the songs making it to the top 10 which is absolutely crazy again do you want to guess which song it is i was gonna ask i was gonna be like which song would that be do you want to guess uh, or no? land of lola no but that would have been my guess as well um it was the sexes in the heel oh okay it's yeah. either or i think 
really okay i'm curious i'm curious when we get to the song by song discussion how that would go but apart from all that success in the charts the album won a grammy it won a grammy so literally if you make a movie of kinky boots which there is to be honest but if you make an additional movie based on the musical itself and also like maybe a tv series and it gets nominated for like an Oscar and an Emmy gets it like the musical can literally make itself an EGOT which is crazy like have you ever seen the list on Wikipedia of the number of people who have an EGOT no it's very short really (laughs) it's very very short surprisingly EGOT um for those of you who don't know it's an Emmy Grammy Oscar Tony so somebody or something that wins all four of those so yeah going back to like the story itself I did already kind of reveal that there's already a movie based on it. Um, The story itself is actually based on a real story, which is crazy again, because like all things British and drama queen, or drama queen, drag queen involved, um, it started off its life as a BBC documentary. And this one is actually a part of a series called Trouble at the Top. And then based on that documentary, it became a film in 2005. And then the musical is based off of that film. And I'm not sure if that was the true reason for the name, but I was really curious why it was called Kinky Boots. Apart from like the number, which we just talked about sexes in the heel, there really isn't anything sexual really here. I said Mm -hmm. really several times, but um, I think the reason why it's called Kinky Boots is based on that original story because in those events, um, the idea behind the shoe factory is to turn it into fetish footwear for men. So that's why I think it's called Kinky Boots. But did you wonder at all why it was called that? Because I was actively thinking why. And then when I read a little bit about it, I was like, oh, that's why. Probably. Oh, Cannot confirm. It just never really like crossed my mind. And <laughs> if you look at the poster, yes. you're like, okay, that makes sense. You know? So I just mm-hmm. never like, really question it. Do you want to talk a little bit about that poster? Because apart from maybe a song or two, the poster is really what came to mind when you suggested doing Kinky Boots. So really? I think, unlike and Juliet, Kinky Boots has a terrific poster. Think so? To be honest, <laughs> it's just me. Then Oops. I like the I like what they did with the K with the boots. I thought that was pretty clever. But other than that, I think it's a rather boring poster. To be honest. Like, it doesn't have a lot of visual on it. So, I don't know. It's, like, kind of hard to expect, like, what it will be about. Like, obviously, it's about boots. But then, what else, you know? So, I like what they did with with the K. So, they replaced the K with, like, two really shiny red boots. Um, But other than that, like, I feel like there wasn't really much else that was going on to kind of, like, give me a hint of what to expect, you know? Mm, I think it fits the vibe and also it's very like eye-catching and iconic mm-hmm. and to me at least it's memorable so like and Juliet is not a poster that I'd remember for example but Kinky Boots is a poster that I clearly remembered and when somebody said Kinky Boots that was the first thing that I thought about it's not even the songs I've already known um, so for me I think it's doing the job really well um, but I can see how it's not necessarily universal so when you suggested or maybe thought about kinky boots what came to your mind just that I guess I can (laughs) I can let you say um okay so I guess for the context we were planning on doing American Cycle because it was my turn to choose and I wanted to choose something that was like dark and murder finally 
for real this time. So there was a murder in a murder ballad, just to say. Yeah, sure. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, so I was like very keen on doing American Cycle. Long story short, it was my birthday weekend, and I didn't have enough time to like actually watch the thing. So I was like, "Oh no, it's a it's the day that we we're supposed to record, but I haven't watched it." So I messaged Becky. I'm like, "Oh, do you want to like postpone the recording time?" And she goes like, "Oh, can we also change the musical?" And I was like, "That wasn't what I was planning on doing, but okay." <laughs>、um, so we changed to this one, and mainly the reason why I picked it instead of going with American Cycle. Was、um, I saw that they have like a pro shot, and、oh. yeah, it was like the only thing. Okay, so I was using this Chinese website, so I Google like oh musicals, and then there are like tons of musicals on there, right? And this is like one of the few ones that has a pro shot that we haven't covered yet. So I thought to myself, okay, might as well just go with this one.、Um, so that's why I picked it, and it seems like it has a happy storyline that is like relatively. Lighter <laughs> at heart and doesn't involve like anything that has to do with like death and blood and I feel like Becky would be able to do this one probably so yeah that's how it came to be yes so I'm taking full accountability for the reason why American Psycho is not the episode that you're listening to currently if it's not as gruesome and scary as. What I've heard it being described and what I've read about it, let us know because I'd probably be more open to doing it that way. But I was reading about it, and、um, I knew about American Psycho before, just to give a little bit of background. And I knew that I want absolutely nothing to do with the movie because it sounds like everything that would scare me for years and years, and would probably fuck me up pretty seriously. So、um, when Kulair suggested it, I was like,、ah, I don't know. I'll let you know, and then I saw that it's getting later and later, and I still haven't confronted it. So I was like, "It's the day before. I can't tell her that I don't want to do it. So I guess I'll just fuck up my sleep schedule for the next year and a half."、Um, and then, like an angel from the sky, came the message: "Should we? Can we postpone?" And I was like, "Yes, my way out of here." And I took it. I took that way out. <laughs> so yes, if it's less scary than. What it is described, I asked Claire this, and I'm gonna put you on the hot seat right now. And you kind of avoided. You're like, it's less scary compared to the movie, and that doesn't tell me if it's scary or not. So, it is scary. I honestly don't think it's scary. I don't even think the original movie was scary, honestly.、Girl. So <laughs> you're probably asking the wrong person here. To be honest, it's like such an old movie. A lot of the murders, the so-called murders, and you don't actually see anything. <laughs> and it's very old school. It's very like not visually.、Mm, isn't it pretty like recent? Isn't like nineties or two thousands? It's with Christian Bale, right? That's recent. That's twenty years ago. No, it's not like you know the effects that would make me feel a little bit more secured or like. 1920s effects. <laughs> okay, you're going way back. You're going like, way back. I think it just, yeah, no, it's not. It's not even close to a lot of the movies that we. I have, also like, think that we have very polar opposite tastes and what scare us. Because I think you are more scared of like ghosts and supernatural things, and I'm incredibly scared of like real life things. Like serial killers scare me the most, pretty much. Like 
rapists stuff like that that is scary to me and then I don't believe in like ghosts and supernatural stuff so I'm not as spooked by it which is why I think most of the stuff that we do cover that's more supernatural and more horror leaning I'm fine with so let us know (laughs) if this is something that's really scary because I would be definitely open to watching it if it's not a because Matt Smith is in it and I really really like Matt Smith and B, because it seems like Claire really wants to do it. So let us know. Yeah, so maybe let's talk about how you first became familiar with Kinky Boots. So did you incorporate in your story? It's just something that you scrolled and uh, you saw that it's a pro shot that we didn't cover yet. Or did you have like a further backstory than that? That was everything. That was all the history I have okay. with Kinky Boots. Interesting. Um, so I think I also touched kind of on my history with it. I've seen the poster which I found clearly very memorable. Um, and I've also listened to definitely one. I believe I listened to two, though, um, songs from the show. So The History of Wrong Guys um, definitely was the one that I'm familiar with the most. And then the other one that I've heard that I think I've heard before is Land of Lola, because it sounded mm-hmm. very familiar to me. But the history of wrong guys, I've listened to repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you remember where you heard it from? Yeah. So I think I mentioned it several times before, but sometimes my Spotify, when it finishes playing a cast album, it just goes on a wild playlist of different random songs from different musicals. And this was one of them. And I found myself just repeating that one again and again, or like just going back and listening to it more uh, times than what was given to me so yeah definitely that one okay okay cool what was Mm -hmm. your first uh impression of like the musical from the songs the musical from oh because I watched the I listened to the cast before um it wasn't stellar so I thought it was okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I guess that's kind of a spoiler towards what I thought about the music um, it definitely merited from or was aided by repeat listenings, but I thought the musical sounded a little bit too popish for my taste and it mm-hmm. lacked a little bit of depth. And also it didn't have a good balance necessarily of songs allocation. So obviously the love interest, she would get one song. I think that's fine. Uh, that's not my complaint, but I think maybe the allocation between Lola's songs and Charlie's songs are not as well balanced. So I had an issue with that. Some of the songs I thought were relatively boring and um, they're, they're serviceable. Like they're not mm-hmm. bad, but they're just not that memorable except for maybe two numbers, which are the, the one, two that I was familiar with. And I think why these songs kept popping up in my playlist the ones that are just like random and grab different songs from each musical is because these are probably the more recognized or more memorable music um, numbers from from the track list which is really really why I was shocked (laughs) when um sex is in the heel was the one that like made it to the top 10 for example or the one that was singled out because I am pretty sure I never had that one before and I find that strange that I encountered one or two different songs from the musical, but not that one that is supposed to be like the really recognizable one or the one that got all the attention. Mm-hmm. Did you listen to it first as a cast recording or did you? No. no. 
No, that is fair. That is Just fair. Watch the thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, maybe we should get into the actual story in depth. Sounds good. Perfect. So the musical opens with a young Charlie and his dad walking through his shoe factory, Price and Sons. Charlie's father instilled in him that shoes are the most beautiful things in the world. And meanwhile, we also see a young Lola wearing red stilettos and appreciating the beauty of the shoes. He is then berated by his father. Um, Lola's name is also Simon, by the way. And so in this case, I guess we see a young Simon. We have a time skip and Charlie's fiance, Nicola, is admiring beautiful, expensive shoes. She asks Charlie to get them for her. And Charlie and Nicola are kind of relocating from their small town to London. And he is also not continuing his family's legacy, which is obviously a shoe factory. And he goes into real estate marketing instead. And that kind of creates a little bit of tension, maybe a little bit of a rift between him and his dad. It obviously saddens him. So at their London apartment, Charlie gets a call saying his father died. And as a result, he goes back to his hometown and to the shoe factory to assess the situation. He is really unprepared for managing the factory and is lacking purpose and direction in his general life. The second musical in a row, I think, where this is kind of like a central theme. He asks his friend, who is only there for that one scene, by the way, which I thought was yeah. really odd. I expected him to be there for a lot longer, didn't you? That's what I thought too. So I was kind of surprised that he kind of just disappeared. Yeah. After this. Um, so I think a lot of people actually was saying that they thought the number was really unnecessary because the, the characters just never show up after this. Mm-hmm. And it feels a little bit out of place. But I guess we can talk more about that um, when we are done with the summary part. Yeah, that's 100% true. I never thought about eliminating it because it's an okay number, but. It really is a wasted opportunity to delve into Charlie's life, I suppose, because mm-hmm. they kind of put it up as them being best friends almost. So I thought it was strange. Yeah. But him and his best friend are meeting at a pub and he's asking his best friend to sell some of his shoes in his store. Um, so initially the friend refuses, saying that they're too expensive. It seems like him and his family started just getting shoes from much cheaper sources and the shoes are also worse quality but after reminiscing a little bit about their family history he agrees ultimately so after making that deal charlie goes back home and he sees a drag queen being attacked in the streets on his way he intervenes gets hit and immediately collapses and then we are introduced to the one only lola in her opening number performing at the drag show Lola tends to Charlie's wounds and they have a conversation about her shoes. So she got her shoes damaged during the fight. And she says that even though the shoes were very expensive for her, they were cheaply made, so not worth the price. And she has to buy new ones very frequently. Charlie chimes in saying that they weren't built to support the weight of a man, which actually I'm kind of ashamed to say, it never occurred to me that weight might have like a problem with how much your shoes last like the mm-hmm. only thing I could think about was the shoe size didn't like I literally my mind was blown did, <laughs> did you have any similar moments no I kind of thought that it's just how it works because physics right 
but I guess like both of us don't really wear heels that often honestly almost never so it probably makes sense that it's not something you would think about quite a lot I mean I wear heels all the time but I wear block heels that are like That's maybe yeah. yeah maybe two two inches or so um but I don't wear stilettos I have a pair of stilettos but I don't wear them because they're not comfortable um Sue Charlie goes back to Northampton and attempts to fire his workers I thought that scene was very funny um because they charmingly like refuse to be let go and in the end of it when he talks to like the final worker he's encouraged by her uh, her name is Lauren to find a niche in the market and keep the company afloat so then he gets the idea to produce shoes for drag queens and goes to visit Lola to recruit her for his new idea so Lola commissions vivid red boots and Charlie goes to make them for her. So um, Lola goes to get her shoes in the end of the, the time period in Northampton in the factory. And to her absolute horror, she discovers they are not only flat, they are in burgundy and not red, which is absolutely wrong. That's not what she asked for. <laughs> You don't understand. Um, so Charlie realizes that he doesn't have the design flair. He doesn't have the kind of creativity behind him to make the shoe line. So he recruits her, um, maybe begs is the better word in this case, um, to be the designer for the shoe line. And at the same time, he also recruits Lauren, who is the person who gave him the idea to find like the niche market, um, to be an executive in the company. And she accepts. And at the same time, she also falls in love with him. And riddle me this, Claire. Why the fuck are all these people turning down promotions and great job opportunities? Like, why are they fumbling their own bags? I absolutely would never, <laughs> never do that. Unless the company was, like, either super toxic or another extreme reason. Like, I had to, like, move away for, uh, like, my family or whatever. Why would they turn down the opportunity to better their lives? I mm. was so angry. I You're so, so angry? <laughs> I was so angry. I was like, are you joking? He's literally providing you a golden opportunity, a golden ticket for a better life for yourself. And you're letting, like, you're refusing? Like, are you kidding? <laughs> okay, I'm just finding them alone here and being angry, but it absolutely made me furious that they would turn down the opportunity. It really mm. got to me. Okay. Well, sometimes, I, I don't know if that's actually what happened to this true story, but um, maybe sometimes they just need to like make things work so that they can carry on with the plot. So if that doesn't make sense, then... Just don't think too much into it. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's about making it work with the plot. Because, for example, Lauren, her being an executive doesn't really have much to do with the plot, except for one thing that they could have tweaked. So it's no issue. Um, obviously, with Lola, her entire plot is about being working as a designer there. So that's different. But Lauren, why would she turn it down? I have no idea. Very, very angry. Anyway, um, so Lola is met with some bigotry from some of the factory workers, particularly a guy named Don. So she tries to fit in by wearing men's clothes and like a suit, but is still laughed at by him. 
Uh, she's very hurt and she goes to the bathroom where Charlie goes to comfort her and they have a heart to heart about who they wanted to be as children and also their fathers. So we find out that Lola's dad was a boxer and he tried to make her a champion since he couldn't be. And he also disowned her and refused to see her even though he is terminally ill with lung cancer. Charlie, meanwhile, took the first opportunity to rebel against his dad, but in the end, he's still at a factory working just like he wanted. So Charlie and Lola realize that they're not very different in the very end, and neither of them feel like their father's son. So this is a very big bonding moment for them, and they became kind of real close friends afterwards. Charlie goes back to London to meet his fiancée at her new real estate job. So Nicola, who is the fiancé, and her boss showcase the idea of turning the factory into an apartment complex and reveal that everything was almost finalized with his dad before he died. Nicola also appeals to Charlie that it'll be a good start for their career and also their future together. Um, So it's really something that he should pursue and be happy about. Charlie refuses the deal since he doesn't want to fire all the workers that rely on him, and this upsets Nicola greatly. And Act 1 finishes with the successful completion of their signature red boots, the first in their line to showcase in Milan in a competition to save the factory. Act 2 opens with a stressed Charlie throwing commands at Lola. Lola, meanwhile, is still dealing with the hostile workers, Don particularly, as I mentioned, but she stands up for herself, saying to Don that he's just jealous of the attention she gets from all the ladies. The two argue about what the definition of a real man is. And then we segue. Um, Personally, I found it really hilarious that Lola clearly awakened something in that one older factory worker. I don't know his name. He was really, like, very into her like get up and her dress so I thought it was really really cute um and at the end of the number Lola challenges Don saying that they will exchange um lists of actions they each have to complete in order to be a real man so we find out that Don challenges Lola to a boxing match in his list and at the match which as we know Lola is a professional boxing champion Um, or boxer I don't know if she was a champion Uh, she lets Don win the reason why she does that is because she doesn't want him to feel humiliated like he humiliated her on a daily basis and Don recognizes this and he softens his attitude considerably in fact he kind of becomes a new hero in my opinion but Lola challenges him in exchange to accept someone anyone as they are Meanwhile, Charlie is really spiraling, he's struggling, and he becomes a pretty insufferable boss. He's overworking his employees since he realizes the fate of their job, the entire company, depends on the Milan show going well. So I understand why he's doing it, but very insufferable to see. Um, And to add to his stress, Nicola breaks up with him since he's never in London with her. He puts a mortgage on their apartment without consulting her. And he clearly isn't going to move out of Northampton to London with her in the end. So like, why would they be together? They have very different wants and needs and goals. So this situation culminates in Charlie blowing up at Lola specifically. Um, He's being absolutely nasty to her, which causes her, as well as the rest of the factory workers, to quit. And um, to save the day, kind of, Don sees this and recognizes why Charlie is stressed and gets the other workers, excluding Lola, to come back and finish the work as he wanted. 
Um, Charlie begs Lola to come back. And when it looks like she isn't going to come back, uh, he goes to the fashion show himself to model the shoes they made. Um, he obviously feels miserably at it. And uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, it's, I'll give him the credit for the effort. Exactly. A yeah. for effort, for sure. Um, Lola and her backup dancers come to the rescue, though, at the very last moment. And Lauren and Charlie also end up together. So that's how it ends. Yay. Hey, happy ending. Yes. I don't know about you, but this story is giving me Sisters Act or Sound of Music, where this one dedicated quirky protagonist radically changes the status quo by making it fun and quirky. And obviously Lola is the protagonist here. Did it give you intense vibes of other musicals that you've seen? I don't know. I feel like I didn't really sense any other musicals other than the fact that okay it's a I think the third musical about drag queens that we've covered so far yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) I totally forgot Hedwig yes (laughs) yeah yeah so honestly at one point I was kind of worried that it will be like a repetitive theme or it will be something that we already saw before but I'm really glad that it went with like a different um approach with the story and we didn't have to like witness Lola's transformation from like Simon to to Lola she's like already being introduced as Lola then we find out about her past and her like vulnerable part so I think I like that approach just because I don't think I can stand another like everybody's talking about Jamie kind of you know um, what sp- storyline mm-hmm. they're all very different from each other all the three drag sh- drag queen like theme musicals that we had I think Hedwig is even though it's both from the perspective of the person who is the drag queen both Hedwig and everybody's talking about Jamie are very different from each other and obviously this one being having a different protagonist is also different from the other two so despite them having commonalities they do manage to have very different takes on their situation, which mm-hmm. is really interesting. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, but yes, I don't know how I forgot about Hedwig. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it was a long time ago. Yes, yes. Um, and I did rate it higher than Jamie, I think. So You did? Yeah, I, don't know. Oh. Yeah, I did. I think I yeah. prefer Jamie, so. <laughs> yeah, you, you gave it like... I think Hedwig 7.5 or like a 7 or something like that. And then Mm. Jamie gave it an 8. But different vibes completely. And yeah. So neither of those musicals, despite having drag queen related to them, come to mind when I had my internal comparison. But where I was going with this is to say that the story is incredibly predictable. And that's not something I care about personally. A lot of other people might care about the fact that everything is very, very derivative of other works and um, predictable. I like things that I recognize. I like comfort shows. I like going back again and again to see stuff that I've already seen. So by no means did it bother me at all. Um, What did bother me, though, is the fact that the second act is not good. Mm -hmm. But what did you think of the story overall? I think the story overall is pretty nice. Honestly, I think I enjoy it way more than what I expected. I do feel like it definitely has some issues 
mm-hmm. with the plot and the characters, especially with Charlie. He in the second act is like a totally different person, right? I I am so confused when he had that just like blasting out and like shouting yes. everybody and calling like Lola like really horrible things. Even though they had this beautiful bonding moment in the first act, and then that kind of sort of like set you up to believe that they are friends. Um, mm-hmm. They are somebody who like understand or share some common struggles and the past together. So I feel like that provides a very strong foundation for the connection between the two of them. So when the second act, the the, the blasting out and the horrible conflict that happened, it was really feels like it was out of nowhere. It was really forced, and I really didn't like Charlie for that moment for the obvious reason. He did yeah. have a pretty good. Redeeming moment, so yeah. I really do enjoy his solo, "The Soul of a Man." Right after this, so I feel like if you're the audience and just watching the show as it goes on, you don't really feel like, "Oh, Charlie's too much of an asshole," because maybe it will like make you think, oh, "Charlie, you're such a jerk," for maybe a two minutes, and then he'll sing this beautiful solo, and then you'll kind of just make peace with that. So he did have a good redeeming moment. But I feel like the conflict was just really out of nowhere. So mm-hmm. that would be the only thing that I think was just really confusing, and yeah. they could have arranged it a lot better. Yeah, I agree with that. I knew that that's gonna be a big conflict as soon as Act Two opened and he blew up on Lola and like dumped all this work on her, and also the story, the fact that there is gonna be like in the climax a moment where probably Charlie is going to be a huge diva and he's going to alienate everybody. That's kind of like the normal structure of these things. I knew that that was coming in act one, but I didn't know exactly how it would happen. And then in act two, I knew that it would happen like this, but Mm -hmm. I never predicted it's going to be as horrible as it was because that the way he blew up on Lola was actually like shocking to me. Mm -hmm. I did not expect it to go this hard. And Mm -hmm. even though he did have a stellar redemption portion of it, like the phone call was actually very moving. Mm -hmm. I still found it difficult to like (laughs) for the rest of it. I think I was able to, but I found it very difficult. I was like, yes, what he's doing is really, really nice. But remember when he did that absolutely hateful, horrible thing to her? So I don't know. I'm very, very conflicted about it. And I do think that it's incredibly out of character considering all the growth that he had with the heart to heart, like like you mentioned. It doesn't make any sense for him to blow up at her like this. He can blow up on her for maybe not taking it seriously or as seriously at him as him. I think that checks out com- considering like all the stress that he has on him. But going to the personal route... Um, saying like, oh, you should look something like your passport photo, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely yeah. disgusting. That is horrible. That is something that I would expect from Dawn. And yes. honestly, even Dawn at this point was already much better of a character than Charlie is. So like, what the fuck? What the fuck, Charlie? What happened to you? I was really disappointed in him, honestly. Yeah. I was like, especially when the first well not not the first part but like the beginning of act two in my opinion is so great Mm -hmm. (laughs) I really like the subplot of Dawn and Lola and how she changes him to be a better person blah 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 like all that was so beautifully written and then we have this really weird out of nowhere Charlie shouting at Lola calling her things 
And it just makes you feel like, what the fuck just happened? Like, am I missing something? I feel like there is like a good, maybe three numbers worth of plot that was being cut. And, uh, <laughs> and you just skip to this part where nobody has a clue of what's going on. Absolutely. I don't know what was happening. I also like you enjoyed very much how Lola was conducting herself in the business and the factory and how she was setting up for herself. And really the character development from Don, I did not expect to like him. I'm really Same. glad they did, didn't make him like a hateful asshole the entire time and they did give him a redemption. I think that the redemption for him worked incredibly well. And um, you can really see the change in him and the fact that you don't need to necessarily have a villain in the story in order to make it compelling. And some of it can just be heartwarming and nice mm. and people can change their mind. Exactly. I appreciated that. Because you don't see... I think people just changing their mind very often unless there is something horrible happening to them. So for example, take everybody's talking about Jamie with his bully. I think, I don't remember his name, but his bully. Oh, Dean, only, I think. Dean, yes. Um, the only time when he changes is when he becomes socially ostracized. And um, then the kind of group or the people he bullied come to his defense or they're trying to cheer him up so in here Lola is taking the time to teach Don important life lessons and he is taking it and he's changing his mind he's improving as a person without having horrible consequences necessarily so I appreciated the way that she conducted herself and that she showed with so much gentleness and empathy um how to become a better person she kind of modeled how to be a good person and a good man I guess mm -hmm. so I really love that I also absolutely loved all the heartfelt bonding moments between Lola and Charlie and I really wish that they just kept with that and found a different reason for him to blow up on her because yeah. in a predictable story of course there would be some kind of a conflict and the conflict is most likely going to be Charlie and Lola not working together but there are so many other ways that they could approach this and not go with a personal route or not go to the extent and extremes that he they went to here so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there was really no need to get that insulting you know yeah. like it, it doesn't feel like um a legit fight or a legit conflict it just make you feel like charlie is such an asshole mm -hmm. and, and that's weird because in act one when they have that bonding moment he was definitely not an asshole and he was there he was he sees lola as who she is and he accepts him well at least that's the vibe that I got at the moment yeah so it was really weird that he goes back to this like dawn in act one type of character especially coming from Charlie who seemingly is like sweet and caring and whatever so it was just really poor <laughs> character writing <laughs> at this point yeah yeah that was weird and the other thing that I do enjoy about Dawn's character sorry just going back to him for a little oh, bit yeah is the fact that they have this build up of having to accept a person for who they are. And mm -hmm. then in the end, it's not Lola who he chooses to accept, but it's Charlie. And I yes. thought it was very beautifully like reconnecting to something that they have like planted earlier on. And I'm like, oh man, that makes sense. Even though I think it's still a little bit unrealistic how uh, maybe Dawn's speech is going to like bring back everyone to willingly work for Charlie once again. That was a little bit like, fairy tale you like but uh, but at least it makes sense you know it's not just like very out of character like I as a screen like uh, play writer tells you to do xyz and that's why you have to do it yeah 
And I really like the concept of paying it forward mm-hmm. that they introduced there. So he's not doing the nice thing to Lola, which is what you would predict him doing. He does something that is nice to somebody else who is in need, somebody who knew he, he knew his entire life. And also he didn't necessarily have a great relationship with, not only because, you know, he's his boss now and uh, he wanted to fire him before, but also since childhood, which is something that doesn't heal very quickly, I think, the, the kind of difficult hateful thing you had to go through when he wanted him off the rugby team and he got it suspended I guess so that was like a cute charming thing to just introduce you to who Don is as a character mm-hmm. uh, he's a bit rough around the edges but he's still he he is a good guy in a way um so I really really like the this is how they went with that's a really nice twist mm-hmm. yeah agree what I disliked, though, in terms of the plot, except for like, you know, how weird act two is, um, I thought that the Roman subplot is very badly done. And I think it's probably not part of the original story. I didn't watch the movie, nor did I watch the documentary for this. We didn't have time. <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure if that's the case, but I have to guess that it must not be part of it because it's really badly handled, I think. So Nicola... I'm glad they didn't make her into a villain. I'm very, very glad about that. I totally thought they would. They didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, him getting together with Lauren, no like foreshadowing to this, no inkling at all, not even a glance so much mm-hmm. that he likes her. Like we obviously know that she likes him and she has a crush on him. We don't have any indication before they kiss that he likes her. <laughs> Yeah, agree. Um, yeah. I, I feel like at that point, Charlie still doesn't really have much of a feeling for Lauren, to be honest, because Lauren was like, oh, you may want to take me out. And it feels like Charlie was just kind of going along with it because he's like, like, yeah, or something like that. And then that's <laughs> why they kissed. I would much rather that they kind of just hinted on it, you know, yes. how like Charlie realizes that Lauren was always being there for him. Like she's very supportive and all that. And that he is willing to like, I don't know, give them a chance to see if things will work out or something. So a hint of like a hopeful future that we don't see entirely, but just like kissing on stage was really out of nowhere too. Right? Yeah. I think like just a cute little like flirtatious glance yes. or yes. bashfulness or something to that around each other. That's all you needed. And that would communicate just as well or actually better because it comes out of nowhere. It doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, in my opinion, even though I guess spoiler alerts, the history of wrong guys is my favorite number her infatuation with him kind of came out of nowhere he's like oh somebody is not a total asshole to me so I guess I'm gonna like them it doesn't make much sense to me I don't know if anything it paints a very negative life of their potential relationship because it's like has Lauren been abused before like just because Charlie is not too much of an asshole like that's why she likes him it's not gonna be a healthy relationship that's for sure and as funny as the number is if you watch the pro shot it's hilarious it's a really (laughs) amazing number but if you dig a little bit deeper into it be like damn that's a little bit dark (laughs) even yeah I don't know if I would be supportive of like Charlie Lauren relationship of I wouldn't be 100% because he's a boss I, I don't have a problem with that. I just really? feel like it's, yeah. Do you have, a, why do you have a problem with that? It's such a imbalanced relationship. Like he has a lot more power than she. Like he can fire her if it goes badly. 
Well, that's true. That's true. But I feel like it's not that uncommon, though. Really? Okay. I've never, I personally never seen, but for me, I felt uncomfy with the power imbalance that they have. I heard of it happening before. So it's not like it's nothing that ever happens, but I just think it's not the best considering he employs her. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, yeah. I see where you're coming from. I just don't think it's that huge of a deal just because it's not something that we have been seeing before you know uh, I see, so it's I see like what you mean. yeah sure it's not ideal but it's not gonna be like oh ew that's disgusting or anything like it's not gonna be like that for me no 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 but I'm not yeah. like I don't think it's proper let's say just because of that but I can see why it's might be like just a preference where I think it's not an ideal situation where you have such a fundamental power imbalance it's completely up to interpretation and whatever you're comfortable with as base level. But yeah, yeah, they don't seem like a great couple. <laughs> yeah, it's more like we don't know if they'll be a great couple just because we have so limited of like their interaction. Yeah, um, we know a little bit about Charlie's personality. We see a lot of uh, Lauren's personality from her number, but it's not like we had a lot of chances to see how those would work like the chemistry between them or like how they would interact and how they would treat each other a lot on stage because a lot of the interactions they do have on stage is very like work related and it's it's like yeah yeah so I I can see why you're uncomfortable with that um and I agree I I don't think it's the best setup for a romance especially they could have just hinted it on it really yeah I agree I don't didn't love that also, but I am glad that they didn't completely villainize Nicola because I thought mm-hmm. they would and they didn't. Mm-hmm. I I would probably have dumped him as well, considering you are so you became such different people and your goals are pulling you into opposite directions. It doesn't make much sense. One of you have to give up their passions, either being in London, working the job you want, or continuing your family legacy. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense for them to continue working together. Uh, or sorry, being together. But the thing I'm confused about is, did they hint or maybe say outright, I didn't catch it, that she cheated on him? Because if that's the case, that's definitely villainous. I didn't get that. The reason why I'm asking is the red shoes. What I got is maybe her boss got them for her. And it seemed like maybe there's something going on there. Hmm. Now that you say it, yeah, there probably was a slight opportunity or a like slight chance that happened. But personally, I didn't get that vibe when I was watching it. I wasn't I sure. Didn't, yeah. I didn't like Nicola too, too much right off the bat just because uh, when she was like, oh, I really want the shoes. If you want to like marry me, you have to give me the shoes. And the shoes is worth three months of rent. And then she goes, and I'm like, man, probably because I'm not a shoe person ever. I don't know if you are, but I really couldn't care less about shoes, let alone high heels. It's like, I can't even walk properly in them. So why bother? But it's just, man, if you're going to spend that much money on like one thing, it's to me, it's so not worth. So I already feel like we're two very different people (laughs) Um, (laughs) just from that very brief thing. Mm -hmm, For sure. Did he continue to not like her or did your opinion on her improve? I actually feel a little bit bad for her towards mm-hmm. the end, especially when they are going through the breakup because I, I don't know. I feel like Charlie has such a complicated 
feelings and relationship with his own father mm-hmm. that a lot of the times he doesn't really know what he wants maybe he he knows that he doesn't want to do what his dad wanted but the decision of going back and take over the factory of like working on it without even discussing it with his girlfriend like his to be fiance like I feel like that was really shitty of Charlie to be honest it just shows like how uncommunicative that he is and as a person I feel like it's really hard on Nicola because when she questions him it confronts him towards the end be like what about moving to London what about like us is that always for me it just feels like Charlie was avoiding responsibility he was trying to not be held accountable for a lot of the decisions that he might have wanted or he might have just went along with it like who knows right but like he didn't oppose is what I understood like he didn't oppose to um, moving to London for example he wanted like something else that was other than the factory thing so if I were Nicola I would be so confused and reasonably angry because <laughs> this is what I thought that we agreed upon and this is now you're telling me that you, you didn't want it at first like what the fuck so I really feel bad for her towards that very end because honestly I would have jumped ship too like I would have break break up with yeah. him as well like there's no point he took <laughs> so, a yeah. mortgage on their house without asking her yeah like what the hell Nicola you deserve very, better yeah I I also had similar opinions I was like oh no she's gonna be that girlfriend who's like a gold digger or whatever and then they made her into a very reasonable person which I'm really glad they didn't demonize her I think in general they handled women pretty well in this uh, musical even though they had very very minimal to no role Mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they didn't go that route very very much relieved going to Lola I guess mm-hmm. who's the only one we haven't talked about in depth I adore her she is the best character she is the musical really like Charlie is kind of like a wet blanket he doesn't have much presence he didn't make much of an impact on me at least apart from that truly horrible scene and that's making the wrong kind of impact but Lola is the moment Lola is everything and her numbers apart from the history of wrong guys are the best she has the most personality she has the best heartfelt moments like the moment that she has with her father was so gut-wrenching mm-hmm. um, where she goes to sing in his retirement home and he doesn't like recognize her or says anything to her and she's like oh I love you dad that was so beautiful the heart-to-heart that she had with Charlie about their dads and also the moments that she has with Don like every single character she interacts with she elevates the moment so I adore her mm-hmm. what do you think I absolutely agree. I think Lola is probably unquestionably the best character because she is already fully developed. Like she is already a very well um, constructed, well developed character from the beginning to the end, really. Mm-hmm. And and that that's great because she's literally perfect. <laughs> like it's really <laughs> hard not to like her. She's so charming. She has that bright energy. You can really see the impact she has on people. Um, mm-hmm. how she's confident on herself, how she's confident on other people. She's able to change Dawn. Like that's big. And I'm so glad that I decided to spend a a good chunk of time focusing on that and focusing on the impact that she can have on the people around her so we can see that she's brave she's courageous she's adventurous like there's a lot of good great quality about her that naturally would just 
make her probably the favorite character for every single person but um I think just one small thing is that Mm -hmm. you don't really see a lot of like her arc for example like she does have a beautiful moment with her father but it's not something that she has to learn or go over you know like it's already feel like she has her way of dealing with it she just presenting like okay now I'm I made peace with it I'm already over that and and we see that which is great I'm not complaining I'm just saying that I feel like Lola is so perfect that it's makes sense it makes sense that she's so well developed too to be honest because you probably don't want to be distracted with like Charlie's arc, Lauren's arc, Dawn's arc, and then like all these people's arc. So you have to have like Lauren that has central. No, not really. <laughs> but like, but you kind of have like have to have that central character that was just like there to mm-hmm. move along the things to make sure things are changing for the better in this case. And, and that's Lola. So I really do enjoy her character. I feel like she has a really good energy in general like obviously the pro shot version I don't know how the other versions of Lola is gonna be but the pro shot version is just absolutely incredible a hundred percent and I think you're right in terms of somebody needs to be developed she does have micro arcs that are more like stuff that you have to read into so she is still unsure she is still finding herself and she's still seeking validation and I think that was the whole reason why she initially turned down the job of the designer and also why she came dressed in men's clothing on her first day of work and why she took Dawn's bullying for so long and didn't say anything until she finally did something. So I think that has to do with the arc of being okay with who she is and finding the confidence that she needs in order to positively impact everybody else. But largely she was already very well developed, like you said, Charlie and Don were obviously the people who needed much more support and had the much bigger or more defined arcs. But yeah, I think that definitely has a lot to do with it. Do you think that's why we like her more and we don't like Charlie, for example? Because Don also has an arc and he has a lot of change. So I'm not sure if that's the reason why, but do you think- I think it's just poor writing, to be honest, because actor Mm. Charlie is just too confusing. Whereas Don, like- you can see how he is from the beginning to the end. Like everything that he goes through, the person that he's become towards the end, everything makes sense. Whereas Charlie, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. True. Um, apart from that, what else? Like, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about the story? Not really. I feel like we talk about a lot of the things about the characters already. Um, I had one minor gripe. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, so the one minor gripe that I had is that it ended too soon. And first of all, the reason why it ended too soon is because we didn't even see how the Milan show went. We didn't see so much as the judges or like the people in the audience's reaction to their performance. We don't know if the Save the Factory, we don't know what became of the people like I didn't necessarily have to see Lauren and Charlie leading a happy successful relationship and that is the reason why everything is tied together but you don't see how things progress you don't get a lot of closure in my opinion for Lola and Charlie and the kind of fight that they had I wish they had something that's a little bit more private Mm -hmm. I, I agree I agree I really would like to see 
how they make up like Lola and Charlie I wanted that like I feel like audience needs that right but it wasn't shown (laughs) so envision this the show is over they had a nice number and you would say oh you know this number is big enough to be a finale whatever you still have more talking um Lola and Charlie reconcile and you get to see that emotional moment you get to see that they won the competition or the show or you get to see that somebody is giving them a lot of money because they believe and believe in their venture and then they have a reprise of that number because it was that big it could have been so easy just cut down the Roman subplot in my opinion or the first song like you mentioned that didn't even occur to me but I think it's a great idea not the first song the um the song with the best friend cut that down um or the Roman subplot either or or maybe both and put that instead in the end and I think the show would have been a lot better or a lot more cohesive and you also would realize the true reason for having that show like the show has a lot of different themes and has a lot of different focuses that in my opinion make it more disorganized and is the reason why act two is such a shit show apart from Charlie having a massive regression to his character make it a little bit more focused on the struggle that Lola is facing being in the workplace or the friendship between Lola and Charlie for example both of these you can make them the two major themes and find good closure for them and give us the idea of what's happening in the end the reason why this whole musical exists even and then I'll be happy I'll much I'll be much happier I think Mm -hmm. no that's a good point that's a good point I do feel like it could have been longer like you said and it's not even that long so I'm sure like there's time for what you just described to happen maybe I'm just keen to cut down the Roman subplot and put something else instead I'm okay with that let's do that yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so I think that's that's my final gripe with the story I really really enjoyed Act 1 and I want to say overall I really enjoy that kind of story it's very feel good I'm super super happy and stoked that there wasn't like a clear villain in here except for maybe Charlie and Act 2 but we won't talk about that anymore Mm -hmm. um I I had a great time watching this okay should we move to the songs I already mentioned that the history of wrong guys is my favorite Mm -hmm. how about yours it was a hard one I feel like if it's a happy number I do like the history of wrong guys is a great number the other (laughs) one that I really like is everybody say yeah oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's a really fun number to me too and it's really easy to sing along to so I love that yeah um in terms of like the um, emotional heart-to-heart number I really enjoy the soul of a man I I think it has a very simple melody but it's very hard to sing like very hard Mm -hmm. and the other number I feel like they could have done it better is uh was the not my father's son I feel like it's such a great moment it's such an important moment too but it, it's just something with the music I feel like it could have been more emotional maybe oh. yeah it was not that memorable to me Okay. I actually really like that number for the emotional numbers that one was my favorite. Okay. Because it might be because of the moment between Charlie and Lola and that kind of like gives the emotional depth that I needed because I really loved their friendship in that particular instant. It was really beautiful and maybe it changed my opinion on the song itself. But I can see totally what you mean too. Do you think, let's go through like our normal stuff in terms of Price and Sun theme. Do you think it was a good opener? I think it's okay. But to be honest, I feel like they could have just opened with the most beautiful thing. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Honestly, until the land of Lola, I was very mad about the music, just listening mm-hmm. to it. Listening to it, I was like, oh, okay, I guess it's not that exciting. Um, because to me, Kinky Boots is something that I've already like been familiar with, again, through a poster. So it's something that was on my radar. I knew most likely I would have a decent chance of at least liking it fine. And I kind of put pushed back, like not watching it. Oh, I'll watch it another time. I'll watch it another time. And that time never came. It wasn't high on my priority list. And that beginning was like, oh, I guess I'm not missing much by not watching it before. So I didn't, I didn't really like a lot of the songs. I thought mm-hmm. they were just okay. And the worst of the bunch, in my opinion, is the beginning songs. Uh, for Act One finale, everybody said, yeah, I guess it's your favorite. So I'm guessing you think <laughs> it's a good Act One finale. I do enjoy that closer. I feel like it's a good closer. It's happy and fun. Yes. So yeah, I'm that always a sucker for like a good, happy, energetic at one closer. Yes, hundred so, percent. Yeah. All right. To my absolute chagrin, they start Act Two with Price and Sun theme reprise, um, and then they go, which is very short. But they go then with What a Woman Wants, which I think is a fun number. It didn't make as much an impression on me as the rest of the Lola numbers. I don't know why, but I did appreciate the factory, the women factory workers. I thought their involvement uh, with it and like fleshing out the workers a little bit more as side characters was really, really cute. Um, did you enjoy that mm. number? I feel like I enjoy Lola's number a lot. Yes. So yeah, like whenever it's her number, it's just always fun, you know? So yeah, I, I don't yeah. mind it. Yeah, I think Raise You Up is also very, very memorable as a finale. Like I think yeah. this number, if you mixed up and shuffled them, I would pick this to be the finale too, without yeah. knowing. Because it, it, it just makes screams. sense is the yeah. finale. <laughs> And it's really, really, like, it's memorable, I think. Like, I can I can remember it. I only listened to the cast recording, like, four or five times. Mm-hmm. So, actually, saying that it doesn't sound that impressive. But <laughs> believe you me that uh, listening to other cast recordings for 10 times, and I still won't remember it. It depends on the one. So, I think the Lola number is very, very effective. And I'm glad that they kind of make the bulk of the memorable moments. So like the act one finale, the act two, arguable act two um, starter, and then the the musical finale. Is there any number besides that best friend number that you like? No, I don't like. It should be completely eliminated from the show. I really feel like the most beautiful thing, it's a, it's a good opener, but it's not something I would enjoy musically. Yeah. Yeah. So they could have have a better opening, in my opinion. I feel bad saying that because I feel like a lot of things about the song make sense. That is the opener. I just don't feel like musically is that impressive. Yeah, I agree. I, <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. I think, interestingly enough, the, amount of songs here is kind of short Mm -hmm. so you don't get too too many and therefore there are not too many to eliminate I think the reprises make sense they're tasteful in this case I would definitely eliminate the best friend number and also price and sun theme maybe half of the most beautiful thing in the world it didn't make much of an impact so mainly the beginning of act one which Mm -hmm. is pretty rare I think usually I find that act two has like is slower in terms of good songs 
Oh um, yeah. You'll have like less memorable songs usually. Yeah. There's so much happening story-wise you need to like wrap it all up. So that's why it's not as good usually. But in this case, mm-hmm. they left a good impact, even though both of our favorites are still in Act One. So the second, the latter half of Act One, they did a very good job. Yeah, I don't know. I have to compare it to Matilda a little bit just because they were head to head in the Tony season. And I don't think I would have given it best score over Matilda. But yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I do feel like Kinky Boots still have a strong suit. I think yes. it's a very interesting approach to the, the drag themed musical it, it touches upon some of the very nice lesson or, or message that applies to not just kids but just everyone in mm-hmm. in general so so I can't say how kinky boots is uh probably has a lot a wider audience in that sense whereas really? Matilda, Matilda yeah because I feel like Matilda I, I mean obviously I still love it and <laughs> don't get me wrong but a lot of people will probably see as a kid musical you know that they will bring their kids to watch it but I don't Mm -hmm. know if everyone would without kids like people without kids like would they still be as keen to watch it um yeah that that would be my only concern but I think overall there's both really great obviously I love Matilda too but (laughs) it's because I'm a sucker for like kid stuff (laughs) and I don't know if everyone's like that yeah, that's that's um, an interesting point. But then again, wouldn't Kinky Boots be excluded from the same demographic? So people without kids might not necessarily go see Matilda. I don't know about that because both of us went to see Matilda and neither of us have kids. <laughs> um, but Kinky Boots, if I had a child, I don't know if I would take them to see Kinky Boots based on the name alone. Yeah, I do I see like- people bring kids to watch it, to be honest. Like, you do? Yeah, because... First of all, it's so it's so relevant to, I guess, the time we are living in. Like, it's better to educate kids to, like, stay open-minded and stuff, like, since a young age, you know? Oh, that's and true. second of all, Kinky Boots has a lot of colors. Like, the, the stage design and the costumes, it's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, there's a lot of dance numbers as well. Um, so I feel like it will be interesting for kids as well I don't know how young of a kid we're talking about like, do you want to have the conversation three... saying like oh you know do you want to explain to them the number the sex is sexes in the heel because I guess yeah you as you just started to say the age probably matters yeah. but <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I wanted to I would like to have the conversation that early with my kid I mm, that's a good point but I don't feel like it's that explicit you know oh no it's not like waitress for example oh my god <laughs> I agree. I agree. But if the question could come up, so that that's the only thing that would be like, oh, would I take my kid to see it? I don't know about that. But it is, apart from that, very, very harmless. Harmless enough that I was wondering why it was like named Kinky Boots, because there's nothing kinky about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely good point. And I think a lot of people are probably very open with their kids and they wouldn't care. So mm-hmm. they can potentially capture both demographic. And I think the bo- box office probably revealed that too not that Matilda is not doing well in the box office quite on the contrary Mm -hmm. but construction wise I'm very or I'm a little bit surprised considering how iconic Matilda is that this got best best score and also best book Mm -hmm. did it get best book I'm not sure it got best book but it got best musical um any opinion on that or no Mm -hmm. 
I feel like everyone will have their own opinion. I personally don't have an opinion on like the decision or like、yeah. the fact that it won over Matilda, and I could be like, oh yeah, it definitely shouldn't have won. I feel like they both had their strengths in my opinion. I I wouldn't mind it being the best musical, like beating Matilda for it. It doesn't、mm-hmm. bring Matilda anywhere lower in, in like in my heart, <laughs> so I don't mind it. But I know like some people can be really aggressive and they have a strong opinion on it. It's just not me. <laughs> Do you have a strong opinion on this? Not strong opinion, but I guess a little bit of shock、okay. or surprise. And I think that also stems from. Being very removed from the time period of it happening, twenty thirteen, and not seeing it as like not not being very attuned to it at the moment. Right now, you can see that out of the two, Matilda has a lot more impact than Kinky Boots in you know just a musical community. Matilda is definitely the bigger name. That's the one you would see advertised everywhere, and it's getting enough of a. A reputation to be standing right next to Lion King, for example, as a、mm-hmm. family-friendly musical for kids and families to see together. So, based on the reputation that it has, I think that's why my surprise and shock came to、um, with this with this particular instant. I think that it's good, and I enjoyed us. Don't get me wrong, but just trying to evaluate which one is technically better. I do think that Matilda has a little bit of an edge, but both of them are great. Both of them are enjoyable, and in this case, they're kind of a winner either way, whichever one you go to see.、So. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, so I guess that probably includes our final thoughts too. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> We're being very efficient these days. I know. I think with practice comes efficiency. I don't think that's a saying, but who knows. <laughs> <laughs> It makes sense, though. It makes sense. It does make sense. Unlike Charlie's character. Yes. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go to our fun, lovely quiz portion. Oh, it's a different. It's a special one today because、yes. we're not doing character quiz.、Um, so the one that we're doing today is: Do you have what it takes to play Kinky Boots Lola from online assessment? Wait. Online assessment tool. dot com. Yes, exactly.、Okay. Very, very shady.、Um, I, don't worry, I took it to make sure that it's all good. But okay, there was、cool. only one. Which character from Kinky Boots are you? And it was very, very predictable. And oh, I didn't. It wasn't very good. <laughs> no、oh, okay. offense if, if the person who who made that quiz is listening. And there was one that says from like a more official source that says, "Oh, you know, we have that quiz, and that quiz was nowhere to be found when I went to the website." So、um, we had to be creative here, and this is the creativity coming to. And I guess that's another surprise. Like, I would assume they had more. Which character are you? Because I don't remember having any difficulty locating that. But- Some of the other more well-known musicals, and considering all the acclamation, acclamation, all the、um, adulation, and all the like awards that I got, I would assume there'll be more buzz and more of a fandom. I guess I'm wrong. Maybe it didn't make as much of an impact on people. Sue,、so, question number one: What is your favorite song from Kinky Boots? So it has both of our favorites, I guess. But everybody says, "Yeah, Raise Up, Just Be, Soul of a Man, The History of Wrong Guys." Honestly, this is such a good option. Like these、yes. are all very, very good songs. But I think I'm gonna go with everybody. Say yeah. 
and I'm going with the history of wrong guys. Which of these songs do you think you could best pull off on stage? So much better from Legally Blonde, Dancing Through Life from Wicked, Changing My Major from Fun Home, and The Money Kept Rolling In and Out from Evita. I watched I would, all of these and uh-huh. covered three of these on the podcast. I was going to say I would never choose anything from home, Fun Home, but <laughs> sorry but I'm gonna choose so much better probably <laughs> me too I, even though I was really deliberating between that the first time I did it because so much better had that really like awkward moment on mm-hmm. stage I was like you kind of have to be brave um and dancing through life doesn't but it, so much better is so much more iconic mm-hmm. so we're going with that one <laughs> choose one Julie Andrews Stephen Sondheim Angela Lansbury Stephen Colbert Julie Andrews obviously if the part of lola was already taken which role in kinky boots do you think you would be best suited for charlie nicola lauren young charlie if i'm a kid i want to play young charlie (laughs) but i'm probably gonna pick nicola i'm gonna go with lauren if you had to choose the color scheme of your costume as lola which would you choose Purple, turquoise, red, black. Do you think other versions of her have different colors? No, right? Yeah, it's going to be not. red. Like, what the fuck? The poster is red. It has to be yeah. red, right? Insulting. <laughs> I'm going to choose red. How about you? Yeah, me too. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I thought I was obvious enough. Oh, sorry. Um, choose a type of shoe. Doc Martens, some kinky boots, stilettos, Adidas. Uh, Adidas. <laughs> Uh, that's I, why I wear all the time that's true for you actually my shoe as I mentioned before is just a um, platform not platform but um, square square heel kind of like like the block shoes heels. Mm-hmm. yeah block square heels I guess and none of these are options and then my other ones are converse so I have no idea what to choose um, I guess I guess I'll go with Adidas as well what'd you get I got 13 out of 43 points so (laughs) I'm really curious to see what does that mean like how the point work but anyways it says congratulations you're diva enough to play Lola that's a low standard I know I was like 13 out of 43 and I can play Lola are you serious (laughs) so I don't think I trust this too much but yeah yeah um I also had have what I also have what it takes to play Lola um but I got 23 out of 43 oh good for you thank you uh I have no idea what it means they show some kind of like a bar graph tell us anything about the bar graph I think maybe it's how you do in comparison to others like maybe how many points other people scored could be Mm, I have no idea I have no idea I have no idea how they assign points but they have a really cute thing they have like in the bottom everybody say yeah so I appreciate that (laughs) um so I guess that's the quiz portion should we go into our final ranking sure I will give it seven out of 10 wrong guys. Oh, that's, that's really funny. I'm going to give it 7.5 <laughs> out of 10 Nicola. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's hilarious. The reason I, I had it from the start is because that is the most memorable 
apart from the history of wrong guy for me yeah. like that is what kept me going back and again and again when it was detached from kinky boots altogether i just love that particular <laughs> and the way it's performed genius so yeah i guess that is, is from us um yeah 7 and 7.5 i think it's pretty pretty good pretty, pretty good, good. But if you want to have a discussion about Kinky Boots with us, you want to have a discussion about anything we covered previously, give us recommendations, please do. Or you want to, I did that wrong. So if you want to give us recommendations, please do. You can contact us on our social media at Pottery Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. If you're not a social media person, don't worry, neither are we. You can contact us at podwaypodcast at gmail.com. If you have it in your big, giant, nice, amazing heart to give us a review, give us a five-star rating, a cheeky little five-star rating on like Spotify or wherever you're listening to us from, we'd really appreciate it because it will help other find us. It will help grow the community and help the podcast be boosted by the algorithm. So really good for us and for everybody else. So would appreciate that. But apart from that, thank you so much for listening and bye.